Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 92, and it is Labor Day weekend. When you're listening to this, it will actually be Monday, Labor Day, so happy Labor Day, everyone. Uh, Had a pretty eventful weekend so far. Got to see the Red Hot Chili Peppers down in Philly, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, So I got to ask Andy, how's your Labor Day weekend going so far? Well, I've unfortunately I've had to labor most of the weekend. I don't know how that ended up happening. It seems kind of antithetical to Labor Day weekend, if you ask me. But it is what it is. My my wife is out of town uh, visiting some friends in Boston, so I'm solo this weekend. So it's not like I'm missing too much. Had a friend's birthday party the other night. Uh, but yeah, just uh, enjoying the the cooler weather. I took my dog to the dog park this morning and. Yeah, even if I have to work here and there, I'm still trying to make the best of it. And uh, yeah, getting real excited as fall. It seems to be entering fall, but uh, we'll see if they got one. Maybe there's one little heat wave around the corner. But uh, yeah, enjoying it's The weather is lovely, so I'm enjoying this Labor Day weekend the best I can. Yeah, I have to say the weather at the concert was just perfect. It was cool, had a nice breeze, wasn't too hot, even really during the day, wasn't too bad. So um, you definitely feel... Well, especially now after this weekend, you'll definitely feel just the change in vibes and just people in general, I think, are ready for fall after, well, in the Northeast, at least, you know, after the the heat and humidity of the summer, once again, uh, did not fail uh, in this, you know, part of the country. So, yeah, uh, Andy, I, I know it's Labor Day weekend. We're finally in September. Hockey is right around the corner. I'm pretty sure... The first preseason games start the 24th, so that's less than 20 days when you're listening to this that there's going to be NHL hockey, um, you know, or, you know, and there's football this week. So it's like it, it, everything's hitting you all at once. Uh, you know, are you, you know, are you like, are you ready for a whole nother season? Let me ask you that. Like, are you are you ready to? join the emotional roller coaster ride that is the you know following the New York Rangers and just being a fan of this team yeah I think it's easy to say that coming off of uh which I think most people would agree was a very successful season last year obviously they didn't win the ultimate prize but for a team that had not made the playoffs to get that far I think it does feel like there's like okay can they take that next step um and you like at least with the, the foundation of last year they have to build on. So, yeah, in that sense, I think I am ready. Whereas, uh, I don't know. I think, it, I guess, honestly, though, if it was the shoe was on the other foot and, and the Rangers didn't make it, then I think you would, I'd also be ready because I'd want to see, like, yeah, I'm ready to see if they can actually make some progress in the right direction here. So, um, yeah, I think, I think I'm ready. It's, it had they had been to the cup final and then lost. You know, maybe it would have been a little bit more heartbreaking and I'd feel like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm ready to feel that heart heartache again, because I definitely remember going into the uh, 20, uh, the 2014, 15 season um, right after they lost in the, in the cup final. It was it was tough. You know what I mean? 
you know, it was just like so much heartbreak and you're like, will they get that close again? But this just, since they're such a young team anyway, this, it feels like more unfinished business and let's see if they can uh, start move forward this season almost with a different pedigree and not so much a we'll show them, you know, that we are better than people think we are, but more of a, this is who we are. We are this good and this is the new standard that is expected of us to play at, you know, and also I want to see if they can just generate some even strength offense. Cause again, you, you have to assume Kreider and the power play and Igor, there'll be a, a little bit of regression there. So they're not going to be able to fall on the fact it's like, Oh, well, you know, every time they had a power play, they scored, you know, who knows if they'll have the number two power play in the entire league again. So uh, a lot of un- questions that need to be answered, but yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready to get those answers. I think it's, it's time, you know? Yeah. So, you know, obviously, you know, uh, training camp is going to be here in, in a few weeks and you kind of look out the makeup of this team is pretty much already, you know, we kind of know, you know, who's making the team, who's not. We kind of know what our lines are going to be looking like and, you know, what we're going to be rolling with, you know, game one. <clears throat> and God knows, you know, with injuries, things are going to change. Players are going to get called up and and stuff like that. Um, in terms of, you know, entering this season. Would you, are you more confident with this squad than, you know, last year? Because I think last year we had the expectation of just making the playoffs. And I kind of want to roll into next season with that same expectation. Because truthfully, I don't think it really matters where you, like, where you end up in the standings. As long as you're in the postseason, anything can happen. And you saw, you know, each round was just a grind. There was no, there's no easy path to get to the Stanley Cup. So is your expectation now just make the playoffs? Like you're not expecting a full repeat of what they did last year during the regular season, are you? I I think the expectations are just to make the playoffs. I don't care in what capacity. And then from there, uh, you kind of reevaluate. You know what I mean? Because, you know, like we've talked about this many times. If you look at the path of the last few cup winners, it definitely wasn't like always this linear steady progression you know what i mean there's been some up years and some down years for for all those teams uh you know everyone famously remembers the the lightning you know after face it losing in the final to chicago literally missed the playoffs the next year because there's always yeah it's hockey there's a volatile game and there's a lot of circumstances but then they were back in and uh, you know then they got swept in the first round so (laughs) it was kind of like a if you look it was like a little bit of a bumpy roller coaster for him but then they finally got the job done it's just about in that window just yeah you try to establish a baseline level of play you know what i mean so uh yeah i just i think for me it's just get in it can be it could be the second wild card i don't care but just you have to get in obviously but um i think if you have a goaltender of Igor's caliber and at least you, you know now the defensive core they have i'm not saying it's the best in the league um Igor probably is the best in the league, but again, you know, after Vezina season, you can expect some regression, but I just think there is enough of a baseline that in this division, they should be able to make the playoffs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. The only thing that really like makes me nervous and it's not so much making the playoffs, but it's the kind of the rising of some of these teams that we deemed not very good last year. I just worry that, the like those teams could chip away at us and and listen they could chip away at any other you know playoff team from last year but i i do worry that the east is becoming such a juggernaut that the fight just to get into the playoffs is just going to get harder from here on out like i feel like last year was the last year of which you had like a huge drop off from you know playoff teams i i feel like geez by like Christmas, January, you know, February, even we kind of knew that the Rangers were going to be a playoff team because the bottom, you just never felt that there was really a threat from, you know, any team that was on the outside looking in. I mean, you had what the New York Islanders uh, who got off to a rough start and and even though they kind of crawled back into the picture a little bit, they never really, you know, were able to accomplish anything. You know, same thing with Columbus and the Devils and Flyers were obviously never a threat. But then you had, you know, Detroit and Ottawa and Buffalo, you know, it, those teams like that, like the Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, they're all going to be better. Islanders are, are going to be better because I think they're finally going to play 
a, a full normal season, you know, and they're always tough to play against no matter what their roster looks like. And then even like a Columbus Blue Jackets team that, you know, say what you want about that roster and some of the players that have come and go through there. They're just always a, you know, competitive team that is always just a pain to play against. And, uh, you know, maybe it's just them being a blue collar, uh, you know, organization. Uh, but, you know, I just worry that um, maybe because of our youth that we might think that we're owed a playoff spot. And but that's like not going to be the case. It's going to be harder this year to make the playoffs than it will be, you know, from the previous year. So uh, do you can you see with our youth them, you know, kind of taking the foot off the gas a little bit and and thinking, well, we made it last year. We made it to the Eastern Conference last year, finals last year. So we deserve a playoff spot. You know, I suppose it's uh, possible, but I think the only thing is that the youngsters still need to take that next step, not only for their own personal pride and for critics, but also for uh, that all-important thing, their bank account. You know what I mean? True, true. So they have a lot – there's a lot of financial uh, uh, incentive incentive for the young players because, like you said, you know, if if – the difference in in a salary jump for Lafreniere and Kako, if they have a subpar season and, a, and an excellent season, you know it's it's usually big for any players. But with their draft pedigree, I think it's it's compounded. You know what I'm saying? Because right. it's like I am a second overall pick, so pay me as such. I am a first overall pick. Pay me as such is way different from it's like you were. You know, it's you. Yeah, you were, but you put up. Uh, you know, third line or middle six numbers. So I obviously I think that is the one thing I think that actually helps the Rangers is that they need to take that next step or else it's like, all right, they at the negotiating table, even if they become contributing members of the Rangers in the future. But Drury's like, look, I unfortunately you you produce like a second or third line player. So that's all I'm going to pay you because there's no proof that you have concept here, you know, so. Uh, yeah, luckily there's that. So that's hopefully should be a motivating factor against that will make it, you know, I think obviously looking towards the, you, you hope that I, I see, I could see some of the, the veteran guys who had good seasons, Kreider, hell, even maybe Panarin as he's starting to get a little bit older here. And even who knows the Banajad deferred to Kreider a lot last year, but obviously he had a good season in terms of his still had a good season points wise with the assist, you know, maybe he scores more goals, but has less assists and Kreider's just overall goal numbers come down. So you hope that that void is filled by Hedl, Lafreniere and Kako and, and obviously having Blade for a full season and maybe Vitaly Kraftsoff, you know, just um, having things to prove, you know what I mean? Kraftsoff, you hope he pro- sticks with the team by proving I should have been here all along, you know? So, so luckily there's there as, Although that could be a factor, I think it's none of them are at, are super comfortable thinking it's going to be easy. I, I would hope, you know. Yeah, and well, speaking of some of the younger guys, I mean, like even a, a player like Keandre Miller, I mean, I know we, we hype him up, but the reality is, I mean, this kid is a restricted free agent at the at the end of next season. I mean, if he has another season like he has, and, and even you know takes it to the next level. He's another defenseman that we're going to have to pay a good sum of money to keep because there's going to be someone out there that will pay that kid a lot of money, uh, you know, because he just does a little bit of everything. He's got an offensive touch. He can be physical. He's got speed. He can skate the puck up. Um, you know, we saw him score some beautiful goals off a rush. Like, you know, it, there's I believe that goal was against the Florida Panthers. I mean, you just saw the diversity of this kid, you know, the, what he can do on the ice it's just unbelievable and you know there's another young kid that's probably willing to take the next step and um you know looking for a big payday so definitely an incentive for him to have a big season and you're right you know a, a kid like Lafreniere I you know I do you think do you think like a, a player like Lafreniere kind of looks at his peers you know the other players that have been drafted first overall and you know do you, do you think he like compares himself to those players? Because it's got to be like a weird feeling being first overall. And, you know, you watch so many players have success and then, you know, he, he's kind of gotten, you know, a late jump, although he looked good, you know, last season toward, especially towards the end. Uh, you know, it's hard to say. Cause I mean, on the one hand, when scoring 
after when the Rangers played the the Kings and they went to the shootout. And I remember Byfield scored a night and nice goal, and then they put Lafreniere out right after him, and then he he matched him with another shootout goal, and then he and he put up the number one as he skated by the uh, <laughs> the Kings bench, which was a fucking baller move. But so yeah, maybe in that sense. But at the same time, it's like I don't know. I don't think he like you know what when he plays the Devils, I think he's maybe more aware of Jack Hughes being on the ice than Nico Heischer, despite the fact they're both first overall picks. Right. You know? Right. So I think it's a, per, maybe it's a, pers- uh, is, uh, you know, perspective thing. I think when they play the Buffalo Sabres, I don't think he's thinking to himself, oh, Darlene's a first overall pick. I got to be as good as him, you know? Right. Darlene's a player who actually last season for the first time has looked like, oh yeah, this kid is actually could be a supreme talent. He looks like he's starting to finally get there, even though it looked like he had taken steps backwards, you know? Yeah. It seemed like he just needed Eichel out of the locker room. Was- yeah. Well, I mean, we'll see how, how Vegas looks this year. Because if, if honestly, if Vegas is disjointed again, I don't know how you can say it's not him. And I, I'm not saying that he is actively doing anything. I just think, He's kind of had that Matt Duchesne thing that no matter where he went, it just doesn't work for a while, you know. You know, I don't, I don't know what that is. Or you know, Taylor Hall kind of had that reputation for a while too, you know. I don't, and it's maybe not necessarily them as a player. It's just some players just have that weird thing. Whereas you have players like Reeves and Chris Kunitz, and no matter where you stick them, their team is like in the playoffs. Even though Reeves himself is like doesn't really do much on the ice, you know. But it's just kind of one of those things, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I guess he probably more compare himself to his own draft class more than anybody because, you know, you do want to be the guy. And you yeah, know, I don't think he's like, I have to be as good as Conor McDavid, but uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. But yeah, I th- like I said, I think it's definitely when he he doesn't. I, and I, if anything, I, I think he wouldn't want to be shown up by younger players like, you know, what? But it's funny. I kind of I was looking at clips from last season and some of the teams that uh he Lafreniere played the best against were the the Red Wings, which obviously had Lucas Raymond, who was taken in his draft year too. Remember, he had the two awesome goals. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, he played really well against every time he played Edmonton, which was interesting enough, you know, because obviously McDavid was on the ice, but or you know was was a presence there. But he, you know, it, so I don't know. I don't know if it, that's just circumstantial or just one of those things where it's like. Oh, you know, it's just, uh, yeah, just he, maybe he's a little bit aware and he's like, you know what, I'm going to show that I belong with these type of players. But yeah. So as, as far as Lafreniere is concerned, I think just the way he finished uh, in the playoffs, I just think for him, it's not as, yeah, I think he's happy with his, how he's progressing. And he's again, by all accounts, he's pretty even keel kid who's just more concerned about team success. And obviously he doesn't want to be a disappointment, but I don't think anyone at least feels like he's even if his overall impact has been disappointing, I don't think necessarily the way he finished last season, if anyone was like, okay, he didn't start to finally tap into that, you know? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. And it's one of those things I think Ranger fans too, when you talk about, you know, Lafreniere and Kako and maybe some of the growing pains that they've had since they've entered the league and, you know, they might not have the immediate uh, superstar impact that some high draft picks have. But if you look at the New York Rangers, really since they've been here they've kind of been a part of a a change and there's just been a very more positive outlook towards this team and uh you know bringing gallant in and and you know you can even say now that we have a captain in truba that this team is not just a team that's in a rebuild you feel like all right this year you know this team is you know a contender they want to take the next step whatever that step is and you know i think if you look at the New York Rangers and where they finished in the standings last year. And then, you know, what your expectations should be this year. Well, again, I think you touched on it, you know, five on five success would be a huge part. Uh, You know, obviously if you make the playoffs, whether we're a wild card team or our top three team in our division, you know, you just kind of hope that, you know, if the Rangers are going to win a series that they don't have to take it to game seven, you know, they maybe can, you know, save themselves a, a little bit of energy and, and time and, and, you know, you know, finish a series off in five games or six games and not have to go to seven down, down the stretch and come from behind and, you know, give games away. And, you know, so there's a lot of things to look at for next season and, and, and where you hold expectations. And, you know, I, I think because of the team success, you know, 
your Ranger fans, although they'll certainly voice their opinion on it. The Kako and Lafreniere, you know, individual success is kind of an afterthought and really only gets highlighted, you know, when uh, when it comes to discussing whether or not we, you know, have to trade one to upgrade and bring in a, you know, Patrick Kane, should Kako be part of the package and stuff like that. Um, you know, another player whose, you know, name got tossed around last year and is now coming kind of resurfacing Nils Lundqvist uh, looks like he's probably going to be traded at some point. I mean, n- not the most shocking news, but you know, what, what was your take with all that when you heard that? Again, like you said, not the most shocking news. I think the knee jerk reaction to everyone was like, well, why hasn't he been traded yet? Or why wasn't he, he used at the last deadline? Because now it seems like if he's not going to report to camp, then it's like, okay, that that's a, a diminishing value, you know, for a player who wasn't like, because anyway, another team wants to spin it. They're like, well, he's leaving because he thinks that you, that he doesn't have a spot in your lineup. And if he was a better player, he would have a spot in your lineup. So why are you not giving him a spot? Why are you trading him? And if you're trading him and then trying to get equal value, well, if he, if he his value was equal to being a first round player, why is he not in your lineup? You know what I mean. So now it's, it's it hurts his his value going forward for if the Rangers are trying to flip him, because now they're going to say, oh well, you know, we want this other player who was drafted maybe first round, but in the like the twenties or something, right? And again, that goes back to my the argument I just made. It's like you well, clearly that's not his actual value because if it was, he would be on your team, right? He's a first round player, you know, so. Uh, yeah. So in that sense, from an asset, I think that's the Rangers weakest, um, organizationally, it's their weakest aspect right now is, uh, asset management, you know, and you can, there's a lot of examples of that, <laughs> be it just the, the Leah Sanderson situation, the starts and stops with, uh, Vitaly Kraftsoff, uh, benching Kako <laughs> last year, you know, um, tr- you know, only getting, a second in play for Buchnevich. It's just, you know, these are things that the, there are GMs that were bad at other things, but are very good at getting out at the right time. Tampa is one of them. They're not afraid to just let a guy walk or hell, they were cut throat with McDonough. But I think even if McDonough's good this year, I think it's the right time for them to do that, you know? So yeah, not the Rangers' strongest point, but it doesn't shock me. And again, it's, it's going to happen. I will say in, devil's advocate in fairness to the Rangers when you have a lot of assets they cannot all play in your you know in your uh your system there's just not enough spot spaces there's not a much enough cap to go around um so you were going to lose someone and that's the whole point of having a lot of picks is because sometimes the third round pick does end up being a better asset than your other you know Zach Jones might end up, may end up, honestly, as it stands today, I do think Zach Jones is a better player than Nils Lundqvist. Does that mean that's always going to be the case? I'm not so sure, but as it stands today, yeah, it is the truth. You know what I mean? So there's no way Lundqvist was going to crack that right side. You know, I, I personally think that Lundqvist is probably will be a better player than Schneider, but probably not at this moment in time. And he, he doesn't have the other things that Schneider brings that, you know, the, that G, that GMs love and, you know, just the snarl and the fact that he's never going to be a big point producer. So he'll keep his contract low. And, you know, Nils is a, a power play quarterback. That was a big part of his game and his value. And as long as Fox is on this team, it's not happening. You know, we all, we opine the fact that the second power play unit never got any time. Well, yeah, because the first power play unit got all the time and they were second in the league because they were that good. So how's he going to get out? You know what I mean? So, right. It is, it's kind of a combination of it is what it is, but it's also you kind of bemoan the asset management football fans. The first Sunday of the NFL season is here and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL is giving new customers a can't miss offer to celebrate the return of the NFL season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantly. And as an added bonus for week one, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. It's simple. Bet on an NFL team to win. If your team leads by 10 at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet this Sunday. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, full disclosure, I'm a little bit of a freak when it comes to audio. Uh, I guess you could say a bit of an audiophile, if you will. Uh, I listen to a lot of music, a lot of podcasts, uh, other than my own, obviously. I do a lot of editing of my own podcast, and I also do a lot of audio editing. So, just listening to music is a huge part of my life. And lately, it's been amazing. And do you know why? Because I'm using my Raycon wireless earbuds to do all of it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. They have optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, and they're so comfortable, they will not budge. Trust me, whether I'm riding my exercise bike while editing or watching TV or going out for a run or you know sitting on the subway as it's uh, just banging around, they do not fall out of my ears. Raycons give you eight hours of playtime and 32 hours of battery life, uh, which is a long time compared to some other uh, competitors, trust me. And they're priced just right. You get quality audio for half the price of the other premium audio brands. It's uh, pretty much no wonder that Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. Uh, for me personally, like I mentioned, I'm an audiophile, so I like to tweak things. So their customizable sound profiles are perfect for me. The fact that they have noise isolation is also perfect because, like I said, I'm sitting on the subway. Other people are blasting music off of their phone or a boombox. They do not have Raycon wireless earbuds. They should probably get some. Uh, but, you know, it doesn't matter for me. I see the light and I have the noise isolation mode to keep me their music out of my head and only whatever I'm listening to in my ears. If you go to buyraycon.com slash THPN, today you can get 15% off of your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. So what are you waiting for? They are sound amazing. They are very affordable. And they're everything you could ever want in a wireless earbud. So go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today. Get 15% off of your Raycon order. Well, let me let me ask you this. I mean, do you think that the Rangers took too long to kind of see what they had in Jones and Nils? Because, I don't know, I, I always felt like right away, I, I, in my opinion, I, I could just be totally wrong and, and just have zero sense to this. But, you know, I always felt that Nils was clearly, you know, the number one option to bring up as, you know, as the next, you know, defenseman for the New York Rangers. And then all of a sudden, you know, they started bringing Jones up and then he just took the reins and there wasn't really an, another opportunity for Nils after that. And and listen, you're 100% right in, listen, the Rangers are building a contending team. They don't need, you know, six Foxes, although that would be nice. But, you know, there needs to be, you know, a bottom pairing defenseman that can play a little bit physical, chew up minutes this way, you know, the Fox and, and the Lindgren pair could, you know, go out there and, and, you know, do their thing. So I, I definitely agree that the makeup of the New York Rangers defenseman, he doesn't fit in, so to speak. But I also do feel like I had the vibe that Nils was definitely the next coming. And then, you know, once Jones has hit his opportunity, it was kind of, well, no, it's Jones's spot. So, you know, take a seat, Nils. I do kind of get that vibe and that sense to it. Do you think that the Rangers took a little too long to make that decision? Or is this something that, you know, maybe the jury was a little hung up on and, and made wanted to make sure that he had uh, an, a full NHL asset in Jones before he get, gave up on Nils? Well, I mean, I think the one part is that Jones plays on the left and Nils plays on the right. Right. You know? So that, and obviously that there are players that can switch sides, but I think since they're rookies, I think not honestly, maybe it was not handled that such because they didn't want to force one of them to play on their off side just because it's hard enough. They've asked Schneider to do that a couple times, you know, but leading the, to the season. But the one thing that I have a problem with is that both bot, the both spots on the bottom pair were up for grabs. I mean, we all knew we had basically band-aids for, a, you know, a flesh wound with, you know, we had Braun at one point, Nemeth at another point, you know, and then you had Jones and Nils, 
you know, kind of getting worked into the mix. And then obviously Schneider got called up and he turned out to be, you know, ready to be an NHL defenseman. So that was a blessing in disguise. But, you know, I just feel like once again, I don't think we put, I don't think we put really either of those players, Jones or Nils in a really good spot to, you know, fully see what they have. Yeah. You know, I, I think clearly a lot of this, and the way the Rangers have operated since Drury's taken over has really just shown that no, no matter what they say, they clearly had the edict to, to make some noise and they succeeded. You know what I mean? Dolan clearly, you know, he fired JD and Gorton just because he felt the lack of being tough to play against her toughness after what happened and the fact they should be better. Uh, enough was enough, right? So I think... They probably could have went with a if I think and I do think if Gorton uh, was still the general manager and Quinn was still Quinn would have still been the coach this year. We know that now he probably would have held him on another year. I think he even said that that they didn't have any plans to let David Quinn go. Uh, maybe it would have been more of a developmental year. Right. And they would have handled that and be more about figuring out what you had. But I just think they were they were on the train already. <laughs> and it's just that was the. The result, it was either you can jump on and grab grab the train that's already moving or get left behind. And I just think that's happened. And, you know, I honestly think Jones looked very good. I just, I, you know, I understand maybe why he, whatever you can make, you can claim it was his size or whatever, why they didn't want to, or, you know, one or two bad fumbles on his own end. But I thought for the most part, I thought the best looking third pairing was, was Jones and Schneider when they were together, you know? And I... As Nils was fine some games and was a threat, you know, he was a little bit of a adventure in his own end, the other. And it didn't help. It's not like, you know, obviously we know um, that Nemeth wasn't very good when he was with him. But um, who knows if they had tried, you know, Justin Braun with Nils, maybe it would have been better. I'm not, you know, but he wasn't there until the deadline and, and, and Nils had already been sent down, you know, and it's not like he absolutely lit up the AHL. He was better there, but it's not like he was a, you know, it wasn't like clearly he's too talented for it. You know what I mean? But he's, you know, again, I think sometimes it takes, especially defensemen in general, and especially defensemen have maybe played most of their seasons overseas time to get a little bit longer to get acclimated, but then once they're acclimated, they're ready to go, you know? So uh, yeah, I, I guess in a nutshell, could have been maybe handled a little bit better. But again, I think with the edict to be a competitive team, it's just it was it was what it was. And we've said this before. I think Chris Drury does not concern himself. He concerns himself with moving, progressing towards the end goal. And if he drops, you know, uh, if it's like he loses some value on a, a trading a player or you know, maybe there's some casualties, cap casualties along the way, or these things that could have been prevented. He kind of lives and die. He just lives with them because at the same time, as long as the team takes a step forward, even if it takes uh, overall takes a step forward, if it takes a step back area and another thing, you know, Avenue, it's okay because there's some teams that they try to do it right all the time, but they just don't never take the requisite step forward because they're almost a little too precious. You know, you look at those like Kevin Jeville day off in, in Winnipeg teams that just like never made any moves because they're like, Oh, we didn't get what we wanted or we didn't do this or look at, you know, Barry or excuse me, uh, Lou Lamorello. So yeah, I guess there's, there's merits to all different things, but I guess Drury, as long as the team is overall inching forward, he, he lives and dies. You know, he's just going to live with whatever the consequences of that are. Um, are you a little concerned? I mean, I shouldn't say I shouldn't lead the question off like that. Are you? How do you want to see the the asset management of let's just say you know two players that come to mind immediately? Obviously, is uh, Will Cooley and Othman. You know, looking at the Rangers forwards right now, I don't think there's a spot for either of them. Obviously, injuries may play a role in the future of this team, and maybe they will get an opportunity. But obviously, these are two names that you know you would like to see grow outside of the actual New York Rangers organization, or you know the actual New York Rangers team. You know whether that be you know junior hockey or AHL. You know you you want to see your assets progress a little bit and 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 grow. How do you want to see those two names handled? Because I feel like, you know, 
with the history of this team, you've mentioned, you know, uh, Lee Sanderson and, and Kravtsov and that, that kind of shit show. And, you know, obviously Kako getting benched at the end of last season and maybe this team or organization doesn't handle, uh, you know, the younger players in a, the, the best way, but, you know, looking at those two who seem to be our, you know, top forward prospects, you know, how do you want them handled? Like what would your, you know, ideal scenario be for those two players? Um, you know, I, I think there's not a situation in which Brennan Othman doesn't just go back to juniors, right. you know, even if he stays for eight games, right. Cause you get nine or whatever it is before. Um, Oh, for, so they don't burn off a year. You know what I mean? Of his contract. Um, but yeah, I mean, coolly, I do could see being in the mix. You know, I don't think he's looking. I think it's under since he can play in the AHL. I don't think there's any rush with him. I think his projection of what the type of player he is, is something he you can see an organizational need for the Rangers. You know what I mean? So especially with cheap production. So he I don't think he's concerned about, you know, if you it's I understand a player like Nils not seeing a path forward. But I think also Othman knows that, um, you know, on on the right side, it's not like the Rangers are particularly deep, right? His, um, you know, Lafreniere might have to flip over to that side in order to play top six minutes. You know what I mean? And Kako's on that side. It's not like either of them have lit the world on fire. And then you'll have Kraft's off, uh, I would assume. Unless he he does end up you know um, uh, you know unless they do play on the other side for whatever reason but um, yeah it's just yeah I don't know I just there's not crazy amount of competition so I don't think he uh, Brennan Othman's another player who's too concerned with that I mean you know he'd really have to open eyes to be included um, this year but I just don't know if it makes sense for him you know uh, I if anything you send him back down to junior because unfortunately, um, but you just tell him like, look, don't worry. We have already seen you score a bajillion goals. I want you to literally become like your team's best two way player or something. You know what I mean? Right. You know, whatever, but you know, still score, score goals. Cause we don't want you to become a player. You're not, but at the same time, it's like, so when next year, when you are either eligible to play in the AHL or the NHL, it's not as a huge jump for you. You know what I mean? Because you, are more detailed. You're not just floating out there. You're moving it. You focused on making sure you were, you know, moving more and fit, getting in on the forecheck faster and transitioning the, helping transition the puck and being, you know, on the right side of the puck and just pushing play, you know, forward in a positive fashion instead of being like the kind of, you know, hang, hang and float back in case the puck squeaks out. So you can be the first to, you know, rush up the ice and try to get a shot on that guy. You know what I mean? Or just waiting for pucks to squeak out so you can use your shot, be a little bit more engaged. So, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have any reason to be concerned about them yet. I think it's too early. I also don't think either of them, I don't think it'll be a Leah Sanderson situation. I don't think either of them are going to be like, well, I should make the team now, you know? So I just think where the difference with some of the other players is Nils and Leas were both, it became pretty apparent quite quickly that A, the organization was kind of given up on them, you know? Whereas I don't think... If any, you know, they just brought Brandon Othman because he didn't get it to the to the last draft over the summer because he didn't get to do a, an in-person draft. So I think that just shows how high they are on him. And, you know, and he just won gold with Team Canada for in the World Junior. So, yeah, I think he's uh, he's got enough positive motivation going on where just having to go back to junior, although he, he, he might not what he wants to do. I don't think it's like it would make him too upset, you know. Right. No, I, I get it. And, you know, it's weird. You know, the Rangers kind of... You know, if you look at this organization, yeah, they've had, you know, some trouble with some of their assets and, you know, they probably fumbled, uh, you know, a few of the uh, of the players that have come up through the ranks. But, you know, overall, this this stuff is hard and it's hard because the Rangers rebuild, you feel like was kind of done overnight. And, you know, you, you didn't get a real true chance to let these players kind of just play their way into the roles. It was kind of like no, we need them to either be ready now or we need to certainly trade them and get rid of them uh, because we have too many assets and, you know, we need to bring in players and stuff like that. So I don't know. I just feel like, you know, it's maybe, you know, as much as you hate seeing, you know, fumbled, you know, assets, but at the same time too, you got to realize that, you know, this 
this growth that the Rangers, you know, this huge step forward that they took and become an Eastern Conference final team, you know, it kind of happened like overnight, you know, just and you're going to fumble certain aspects, you know, and, you know, forcing players to, to jump up and play huge minutes. And we're just fortunate that it worked, you know, like players like Schneider and, and Miller kind of just fit the mold right away. And, you know, it's great as a New York Rangers fan, but, you know, when some players get frustrated or feel like they maybe got slighted or didn't get a, a proper chance, but, you know, when the pieces are working out that you're putting in the, on the big league team, you know, you got to just kind of, you know, take the good with the bad because obviously, you know, we always talk about, you know, someone's going to be left out. You know, some of these assets are never going to play for the New York Rangers. And that's just the reality of the situation. And, you know, now we're starting to kind of see who, you know, that might be. And, you know, I, I worry, though, that discouragement will trickle down into the, you know, Othmans and Will Cooleys. And, you know, although I don't think they're ready right now to play, but if we're still a contending team a year or two away and, you know, we don't have spots for them, you know, I don't want to just send those guys away for, for nothing. I hope we can manage that asset and not feel like, you know, we're, you know, kind of just giving them up for nothing because teams know, listen, you don't have a spot for them. And if they were really that good, you know, they'd be on your team. So we're not going to give you, you know, what you think is the, you know, true face value for this player. We're going to, you know, give you a second, third round pick for him. Um, because that's really what they're worth to you right now because they're, they're just not, you know, part of your future. So yeah, that's the only thing, you know, I worry about looking at, you know, some of our younger players, but, you know, obviously we have, uh, bigger things to worry about and that's, you know, making the playoffs. So, um, anything else with the, the Rangers, Andy? Uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking this the other day because I had just seen some discussions on Twitter and online, and I want to ask you, because obviously Ryan Strom has finally departed from the New York Rangers. So the there's, I did want to ask, who do you think? Because Ryan Strom was kind of like the fall guy, you know, whatever you want to call it, um, for the fan base for the last few seasons now. You know what I mean? no matter how much he produced offensively being paired with Panarin, it was just, you know, it's uh, and some of it was warranted and probably some of it wasn't, but he, he kind of got the most, he was the de facto, oh, this team is, this is the guy that prevents this team from taking the next step because he is in this spot, not someone else. So I want to ask you now that he's gone, who for in the, for the foreseeable future, or at least as the team stands today, who is the next like scapegoat fall guy, for the New York Rangers for this team. Who's going to get the most flack if uh, things don't aren't going the right way or even when things are going the right way? Who's the, who's the, the player that fans will still find uh, ways to complain about? That's a, a beautiful question, Andy, and just a perfect for sports talk radio and a New York Rangers podcast. I mean, I don't know why we didn't just dedicate a full podcast to who's the next scapegoat here. That's why at the end, because I knew I'd, I'd start it. I'd get you going for an hour or so. Yeah. Well, I mean, geez. Well, all right. Uh, can I give you a few players? Because yeah, I, mean, I really do feel like what it why. depends on what the problem is. If the Rangers are just flat out not playing that great, I can tell you right now, Panarin, I could see being the first scapegoat. And it's going to be like, he makes all this money. He doesn't produce anything five on five. He gets all his points on the power play. Uh, you know, there's already rumors that, you know, the Rangers might be interested in trading him. He's kind of like a weird outcast kind of guy. Like, you know, I, and I'm not saying that he is, but I feel like there's a vibe with him where it's like, he doesn't really want, he doesn't want to be captain. He just kind of wants to play hockey and, and be happy, which is perfectly fine. But I feel like I could see fans starting to turn on Panarin if he doesn't produce, um, you know, especially after last playoffs, even though I know he was hurt. But I, I feel like fans might go after him. The second player uh, that I feel like the fans might go after and scapegoat is going to be Ryan Reeves. They're going to say he can't skate. He's too old. He's taking up a roster spot on the fourth line. Let's bring up Offman. Let's bring up Cooley. You know, why isn't, you know, such and such playing? 
you know, you know, I, I'd rather have Dryden Hunt in the lineup. You know, let's just try Gautier. Why would you sign him if you weren't going to allow him to play? There's a million different things. I think if things aren't going great, people are going to start blaming Reeves and just being a waste of a roster spot. Even though the Rangers perfectly fine last year, you know, played him a ton. Played him a ton. I mean, he just seemed like he was always out there at points, uh, and they had a lot of success. So I could see him being it. Um, Let's see. There's got to be I'm trying to think if someone on the back end might take a hit. I maybe Truba. You know, yeah, I could that's who, who I was thinking. Yeah, I could see. You know, he gave him the C. Now he can't play. It's you know we're cursed. You know, I don't know. Like, um, yeah, I I feel like Truba on the back end could be certainly you know to blame and stuff like that. So yeah, it, so Truba's your pick. Yeah, I think so. Okay. More. What do you think of me picking Panarin and possibly Reeves? Uh, Panarin, definitely. I don't know if Reeves, I just think everyone knows what Reeves is at this point. And like I had mentioned earlier, I think we you understand that you bring bring Reeves in for the vibes. If the Rangers aren't winning or you're not, it's not because you're like, I don't think Gallant played the fourth line enough where you, it's not like the Islanders where you'd be like, they're out here all the time. And if they're not getting it done, you know what I mean? Where, you know, I, so I think you understand with Reeves, the, the vibe he brings to the locker room and the, the swagger kind of, and his negates his own personal play. You know what I mean? So, cause I think honestly, if you get surveyed Rangers fans last season, it's like, are you happy? Ryan Reeves is on this team. Everyone would have clicked. Yes. And he didn't even really fight that much for the Rangers last year. He well, that, fought, he fought what? Uh, Pizzetta for some reason. Pizzetta wanted to fight him. He fought Maroon uh, in Tampa, and he fought uh, I think Curtis McDermott right for Colorado. But is that it? Like he didn't fight anyone else. Yeah, he threw some big hits, but and I just don't I, I just don't see that all of a sudden next season being like oh well this is the guy you know guy if now if Cooley. I don't think fans are like clamoring for Will Cooley to have a have a spot to take Ryan Reeves spot. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I want to see him, but I just don't I don't know if it's going to be enough for for them to be like Reeves is the guy. I But that being said, Panarin, absolutely. I could see even if he's producing, I could see it just because they're just like, oh, well, especially if Panarin continues to like overpass it like he did at times last year, he'd kind of still stick to the perimeter because I think part of bringing in tro check is this all right we're going to wean you off of this it's going to hurt your probably your overall productivity maybe in the regular season but come the playoffs you will it will be more effective because you are playing more a more direct dangerous style of hockey than just trying to like you know uh skate around the perimeter and try to find seams you know what i mean so but so i could definitely see panarin and obviously truba same thing it's like you give him the c it might be like, oh, this McDonough all over again. We gave him the seed. His game fell apart because Truba was, you know, he was he was good last year after having a tough year the year before. You know, I, I wouldn't say he was great, but he was good. He was, you know, up and down, but I think he was more up than down and he still had his moments as he's always going to have. But uh, yeah, I, I could see Truba and Panera definitely being the two guys who are going to get scapegoated. I don't, you know, and I will say not Lafreniere maybe, but Capo Caco, I think it's this is it. If he doesn't show something now, you're going to be like, all right, it's going to be, it's going to be, I think it'll be less scapegoat and more frustration. I think it'll be more of the Rangers. It's like, why did we draft yet another talented player who just wasn't talented or, or hasn't, can't realize the talent, you know, that, that it's more about why did they not pick up on this sooner or whatever, even though he was the consensus and you would have been stupid to not pick him, you know? Yeah. I, yeah. It, well, it's going to be weird. It's definitely going to be weird because it's now like the team is set. Like, it's not like last year where you're like, I felt the Rangers were going to make big moves at the trade deadline. And they did. And they brought in, you know, you know, Cop and Vetrano and, you know, they got Braun to kind of, you know, fill out the defense, you know, the bottom pairing defense, uh, defense pairing. Uh, it's just, I don't know what they're going to do. If they start like sputtering a little bit, I don't know what they're going to do. Like, I don't know what the answer will be. And, you know, this is exactly what I think most Ranger fans are are worried. Or if you ask them what their biggest worry is, it's like, well, can we can we actually repeat? Like, are we this good? 
Like, are we the number two power play in the league? Like, can can the Rangers repeat that or get close to something, you know, being a top five, you know, power play in the league? You know, can we do that again? You don't know. Uh, you know, can Kreider score, you know, maybe not 50 goals, but can he score 35, 40 goals? I, I don't know. I mean, he could turn into Casper and you just don't know. And, you know, is Benajad, you know, going to have another year where he stays healthy and can contribute on the power play is you know Panarin going to have uh you know a, another dynamite season you know again you know with with points production and you know how is he going to blend with Trocheck and if that doesn't work right away are we now going to be pushing and screaming and yelling for Gallant to put him on the first line with you know Zabenajad and move Kreider down Kreider's not doing anything you know it, it's just there's a lot of ways that this whole season could kind of derail and go wrong. And now that you, you put it in my head, Andy, so uh, thank you. Um, yeah, I, there's going to be a lot of lot of narratives that Ranger fans are going to cling on to if things don't go as well as they did last year. And it worries me because I really don't think it's going to be as easy as it was last year. You know, last year we had a great start you know, you know, great start to the season, you know, by mid, by mid, uh, you know, by midway through the season, we kind of knew we were going to be a playoff team because there weren't no threats from, you know, below. And I feel like this year is going to be a little bit different. I think it's going to be, you know, a lot tougher to separate yourself from the bottom pack because the bottom pack I feel like is, is a lot stronger and the East is a gauntlet. So yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a great question, Andy. Uh, I feel like there's a million different narratives that Ranger fans might cling on to if things, you know, don't go great. Uh, um, but hopefully we're not in that, you know, situation. Hopefully we, we do have more success than, than failure. Um, man, you, you really, you got my wheels turning with that question, Andy. Yeah, no, I, I knew <laughs> you of all people would appreciate Yeah, a good doomsday question. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's good to be mentally prepared. You know what I mean? So at least when it happens, instead of falling into it, you can just be like, well, we knew this was going to happen. So you maybe can psychoanalyze why the fan base and maybe even yourself want want to do it, you know? So, um, but yeah, who knows? Maybe it's all sunshine rainbows or, or knowing this team, it's like those won't be the issues, but the issue would be something we never saw coming, you know? And you hope it's not that, uh, you know, Shesterkin looks off or is only average, you know. So I guess we'll have to wait and see. But uh, can I ask you a question? Go ahead. Would you are you happy with Trocheck or would you have rather have signed a Miller to a seven year, fifty six million dollar? No, deal? I'd much rather have any Trocheck <laughs> than, okay. than JT Miller. I'm happy the Rangers don't have to worry about it anymore. I mean, look, he, I, I, I understand why they did it but they shouldn't have done it. They should be rebuilding right now. And they, he's the exactly the type of player you trade a player who has supreme value, but has never shown that potential before and is already 30. It's just like, just rebuild there. They can't rebuild now because you signed this guy, but their defense still sucks. I don't understand. Like what it's just, you know, I listen, I have a lot of gripes with the Rangers, but Sometimes I see, you know, you see the state of some of these other teams and you're like, geez, thank, you know, thank God, because, you know, I mean, it must be suffering to be a Canucks fan because outside of, yeah, they, oh, they made a little bit of noise in the bubble, but that was, we, I think we've seen now that that was such a weird, almost aberration with everything going on. And I think some of the older teams in the league handled it a little bit better because of the uncertainty, you know? Um, but yeah, I just, yeah, I don't know. Um, it just, it could be worse. You could be a fan of the Canucks where they're, they're GM, all their last few GMs, they all just do the same thing. They just don't, they do half measures and they let the wrong guys go and they pay the wrong guys the money and they just, they're too precious with the wrong players. I mean, you know, I don't know. And that's what, that's kind of what got put a bend to things in Detroit, right? They just overpaid some some veterans who were over the hill money they shouldn't have been getting for, for past performance, you know? And I just think Miller, as I know, and listen, I, the, the one thing with Miller is I understand that he's a culture builder or maybe the way the new JT Miller, who has been there the last few seasons, 
in that they're trying to get guys a little bit more fire and competitiveness out of guys like Horvat and Miller. They want players that are pissed off about losing. So I get that, but it's just a lot of term and money to commit to a player like that when they could have just cashed in on, got a haul for him and then just drafted, you know, potentially two acquire maybe two potential or three players that could top out at what Miller topped out at. You know what I mean? So it's tough. It's yeah. tough because they need a lot of work in other areas. They could have took the return and got a really good forward and a really good defenseman, even though it wouldn't be, they wouldn't be that tomorrow, next season, but maybe in three or four seasons, they would have been that, you know? So yeah, I don't know. So, but I don't know. Well, now they got to go for it. So there's we'll a lot of there's a I feel like there, I, there's, I said that a lot of a lot of teams this summer was like they were going to rebuild but then they did this so now they kind of have to go for it. Yeah, like Philly's I mean, not rebuilding. They're just going to do I don't know. They're going to try to go to battle with uh, I don't know uh, Tony D'Angelo and well, I forget who else they signed. They didn't do anything. They missed out on Johnny Hockey, right? So yeah, yeah well it's just, go for it. Well, I don't know. It's just like I don't know. You look at the Vancouver Canucks, you look at the West, it's like, are you really like, you know, who made Nashville Predators and Dallas Stars, you know, made it like you You probably feel like you're just you're right there. I mean, three win difference could have been, you know, them in the playoffs instead of, you know, on the outside looking in. So, you know, unfortunately, you know, they see themselves as a playoff cusp team and keeping him and signing him to term. You know, maybe they feel like that gets them, you know, over the hump and back into the playoffs. So uh, I, I certainly don't think so. But, uh, you know, maybe they think they're a lot closer uh, to being a playoff team than having the rebuild. And that's why they're reinvesting into some of their players. But, um, yeah. And then, uh, you know, I also saw Ottinger signed a three-year deal when we talked about him last podcast and whether or not you, uh, you know, go all in on uh, – you know, maybe a flash in the pan season, but uh, they signed him to a three-year, twelve million dollar deal, and I, I kind of like it. I think it it shows you know faith in him, and he certainly gets a nice little you know payday, and uh, he's got three seasons to prove that he is uh, an elite goalie in this league. Yeah, I th- you know I think because we know goaltending is voodoo, but that being said, I think if you look at how Ottinger played this season, and obviously that his even in losing a defeat, just how well he, he kept Dallas in his fundamentals are pretty sound. You know, he's usually square to the puck or he puts himself in a position to battle and make desperation saves. It's not like, you know, we, we talked about when Andrew Hammond was out of his mind for two months, a couple of years ago, right. where it was like, he was just flinging himself across and he's making all these weird desperation saves and he was getting lucky and they were kind of tipping off the, the laces of his gloves and all this other shit, you know, where you're like, Hmm, like this is a guy who's on a heater right now, but if you look at his positioning, he you could probably see how in when he goes comes back to reality and isn't like on the the adrenaline of that you get from like this is your one chance to stick in the National Hockey League, you know, uh, why it might go south. But I think Ottinger is young, and it's a I think it's an okay gamble to take. What's four million for? Is it four for three? Is that what it was? Something yeah, like four million three years. So yeah, all right. So yeah. you know what it's. You know, I mean, if he stinks, it's it sucks. It's four million dollars. But if he is as good as he was last year, you have excellent goaltending. You know, you have above top half of the league goaltending for only four million dollars for the next three years. So worthy gamble, you know. And yeah, uh, so I think I, good for him because goalies in general. Uh, you know, I was just thinking about this the other day, like how important they are to teams, and yet the percentage of cap they take up, just uh, from a percentage wise, it's like. And I'm not saying percentage to like the rest of their teammates. I'm just saying in general, the amount they get paid in, you know, elite goalies just do not make as much as elite skaters, even though they play the whole game. You know, it's just so kind of weird, but it's just how kind of how it fell. So unfortunately, even if you're real, even if you're like, you know what, Igor Shosturkin is the best goaltender and we should give him whatever he wants. It's like you're happy. You're only paying him whatever they're paying him right now, you know, so. Right. And I also think stars are another team that are on the cusp in the West and, you know, three years, you're probably not winning a Stanley Cup. You're almost like hedging your bet. It's like if he plays out of his mind, we'll be a playoff team and we'll be happy to have him at $4 million. And if he stinks, well, we probably weren't going to win a Stanley Cup yeah. anyway in the next That's the three other years. Thing. So if it's like 
if you're a GM and you're like, my owner's going to fire me if I don't make the playoffs, you're just like, fuck it. Either I don't, if I don't sign him or we trade him, we're not making the playoffs. So we might as well just take the gamble. I'm going to get fired anyway, you know? So exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So anything else, Andy? Nope. Uh, the U.S. women's are playing uh, Canada in the World Championship right now, and they're currently losing. I think they're losing too much. Uh, two nothing. Oh, that stinks. Uh, so, yeah, that sucks. So hopefully they can pull it out. But, um, yeah, just uh, getting ever closer to the, the NHL season. The Rangers, I mentioned this last podcast, the the pros- Rangers and Flyers prospects are playing two back-to-back uh exhibition games versus each other in philly so i think that's what the 20th or something like that um so they yeah it'll be interesting to when they announce if we can the fans can watch it so literally as we record it'll you know you'll be listening to this on the fifth so in literally two weeks you can watch like some i guess unofficially official rangers action right watching their prospects and then uh yeah a few days later after that you're gonna be watching real preseason preseason games so yeah so super exciting um again i hope everyone enjoys their their labor day i know you all work work very hard um so yeah enjoy i know it's gonna be a little bit of rain here but this i think this is like the last bit of heat and humid uh, you hope heat and humidity left in the uh, tri-state area get squeezed out and it's gonna be nice crisp weather after that you know college football is finally here uh, the nfl season starting you know baseball we're, we're getting closer and closer to october so uh yeah i it's it's all happening so thank you so much for listening and we will see you all on thursday thank you for listening to the broadway boys podcast Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and please rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud or the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.